Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Capital One Bank. With no fees or minimums, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions, even easier than deciding to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Cars.com. Have you heard about the Your Garage feature on Cars.com? Here's how it works. You add your car to your garage to track its market value and cash in when the time is right to sell. Track both your car's historical and projected value when it's time to sell, easily secure an instant offer from a local dealership, or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hey, this is Stephen Dubner. You are about to hear a conversation with Richard Branson, founder of the international conglomerate, The Virgin Group. I spoke with Branson in November for our special series, The Secret Life of a CEO. We will be releasing full interviews from that series as bonus episodes, one a week for the next six weeks. You'll hear my lightly edited conversations with Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, Satya Nadella of Microsoft, and others. Hope you enjoy. Hello, this is Stephen Dubner. Is that Richard Branson? I am. Um, I'm Richard Branson. Yeah, nice to talk to you. <laughs> nice to talk to you, too. Thank you so much for making the time. How's things? Pleasure. Uh, everything's very good, thank you. I'm sitting here with a cup of tea in my hand, and um, and I wish, wish we were talking in person. But anyway, nice to talk to you. All right. So um, let's begin. If you would just literally say your name and what you do. Yeah, my name is Richard Branson, and... Um, what do I do? I do everything virgin. <laughs> now, I'm sure most of our listeners are quite familiar with you, but just pretend there's someone out there who lives in a cave who's never heard of Richard Branson. How do you describe yourself to them, at least your professional self? Well, um, I am an entrepreneur. I suppose you'd also categorize me as an adventurer um, and, uh, and hopefully a philanthropist. So, um, those are sort of the, the, my three main three main areas um, of occupation these days. A tangential and very small question, but one that I'm uh, I'm curious to know: the Virgin logo is one of the most recognizable in the world, and I would argue one of the most elegant as well. Um, I've read a little bit about its history. I know it came from Virgin Records, and Roger Dean was the uh, the original designer, and that it morphed over the years. But can you just talk for a moment? about the logo itself and what it means to you, I guess? Uh, yes. Um, I mean, I was 16 when I started off in business. Um, uh, so I was um, virgin at business. Um, and, um, and we were either going to call the company Slip Disc Records or Virgin Records. And um, fortunately, we went for Virgin because um, Slip Disc Airlines would not have been a great mm. success, I think, um, <laughs> and and um, uh, and we started with a fairly sort of hippie-based looking logo um, uh, by Roger Dean, uh, and then when we signed the Sex Pistols, we felt the logo was not going to be appropriate, and um, so we got a, we got somebody into the office and uh, and we talked at great lengths about what we wanted and. I stood up to go to the loo and I walked past him and he just scribbled on a napkin uh, the Virgin logo. Uh, just, um, just, he just signed the word Virgin. And I said, 
you don't have to do anything more. Uh, we have our logo, and um, and it became it became the iconic logo of the last fifty years. Was it in red originally? I think the original scribble. I can't remember whether he scribbled it in uh, with <laughs> with a red barrow or a black barrow, but. Um, but anyway, uh, it, 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 it became red uh, from day one, and um, and we were yeah we were fortunate to get to get that bold 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 colour and um, and the bold logo. Just very simple. I mean, it's just it can be used tiny, it can be used large. Um, you know, we're just building you know t- um, three enormous cruise ships. Um, I mean, I've just seen seen the logo on the side, and and it it, it works it works really whatever whatever size. You know, obviously, it's not your last name. It doesn't say Branson, but Virgin has come to mean almost Branson. I'm just curious, what is it? What does it feel like for you to see that logo on all these different things, whether small or you know cruise ship size? Well, I still pinch myself. Um, I mean, I I, I still get. Enormous satisfaction if somebody comes up to me and say say they've just flown on a Virgin Atlantic or Virgin America plane and had a wonderful experience, or um, you know worked out in a Virgin Active Club or been on a Virgin train or uh, booked a ticket on Virgin Galactic. I mean, it, um, and and you know I must admit I sometimes think I'm going to wake up one day and and just realise I've just had the most incredible dream. <laughs> Uh, and um, I'll be, mm-hmm. you know, well, hopefully back as a back as a poor student again one day, mm-hmm. and I've, mm-hmm. uh, and, and starting all over again. But um, yeah, so I, I've been very fortunate, had an um, extraordinary life. Um, um, just finished <laughs> publishing my second autobiography, so that, that's what I suppose says you don't, uh, you know, says it's been pretty full, and um, <laughs> um, and um, but it's been an incredible ride. So. Um, yes, yeah, so, um, but I, and I appreciate every minute of it. Now, your title, um, your official title, as far as I can tell, is founder, comma Virgin Group. Uh, in addition to that, are you the CEO of anything? Um, I used to be, um, uh, but I've delegated pretty well all the CEO roles, um, and uh, and I actually believe that people should. Um, delegate uh, early on in their businesses, um, so they can start thinking about the bigger picture. Um, I, I um, you know, if I'm ever giving a talk to a group of young business people, I will tell them, you know, go and go and take a week out to find somebody as good or better than yourself. Uh, put yourself out of business, um, uh, and let them get on and run your business day to day, and then uh, you can start. Um, you know, start dealing with the bigger issues, and you can, you know, take take the company forward into bigger areas. And you can, maybe, if you if you're an entrepreneur, you can start your second business or your third business. Um, and um, so, I think too many, too many young entrepreneurs, you know, just want to cling on to everything, and um, they're not they're not good delegators. Mm-hmm. But it's true, also, um, at least I would argue. I'm curious to hear your take um, that you know there's. Um, I think in the in the in the public perception, there's sometimes not that much difference between the entrepreneur and the CEO. But in fact, the the energy and the ideas and even the personality of the person who creates a firm is often very different from the the energy and so on of the person to be executing and running the firm daily. Do you see? 
that split in that way? Or do you think that's a little bit of a, a misperception? I think it's more often than not that you're correct. Um, uh, there, are, um, there are exceptions to the rule. I mean, for instance, when we had a record company in, in Germany many years ago, um, the person who actually ran the record company was a true CEO. He was not an entrepreneur. He was um, great with people. Um, he, uh, you know, he didn't want to stray from his job of running the record company, um, and he did a fine job. Whereas in France, um, we had a guy called Patrick Zelnick, who um, was a CEO, but he was also an entrepreneur, and he took the record company into Virgin Mega Stores, into you know, um, into all sorts of different businesses, a bit like myself, and. Um, and, uh, and he pulled it off. Um, but you know, once he, once he'd become a true entrepreneur, uh, he, you know, um, the two of us sat down and he then just found other people to be the CEOs who were perhaps less entrepreneurial, who, who would, um, you know, stick, stick to their onions and do the day to day mm-hmm. running <laughs> well. And, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, cause it's, you know, it, 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 it's difficult to, to, um, concentrate on looking after your people and also be, um, be, be you know, being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I know that once when you were asked how involved you are in the mechanics of your businesses, um, you said, I don't understand these things completely. And you said, I've never been able to know the difference between net and gross. I'm, I'm guessing you were exaggerating at least a little bit or no? Well, I'm, I'm quite badly dyslexic. And, um, uh, and, uh, and, and really bizarrely, and um, it was on my 50th birthday that um, uh, I was having a meeting with um, a, a group of um, executives and, uh, and I asked the question, is that good news or bad news when some <laughs> figures were given to me? And, uh, and one of the executives took me outside the room and, and he'd already prepared himself for this. He had a, um, a, uh, some colouring uh, colouring pencils and he had a blank sheet of paper and he colored in this piece of paper blue and then he put a net uh, fishing net in the in the amongst the monks and he put little fish in the fishing net and um, he said Richard um, uh, the I don't think you know the difference between net and gross and let me simplify it for you the fish the, the fish in the net are um, uh, your profit um, and and the all the fish that are not in the net are your <laughs> are your gross turnover and um, hey presto I got it and um, uh, and ever since then I've been you know very swankily saying net profit and gross turnover and and as as, as if nobody else knew that knew it before um, but um, but the, but the, the 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 bizarre thing is that um, we by then we had the biggest group of private companies in Europe and. I'd, and, and I'd managed to build all these companies without knowing it. And, and, and I think that should be reassuring for all those kids who are failing their, their, their mass exams. It, 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 actually, it actually doesn't matter a damn. What matters is, you know, if you create, you know, have you created the best company, uh, you know, the best airline or the best uh, record company and, 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 um, the best train company, and if you have created the best, um, your figures will add up at the end of the year, and you'll have more money coming in than going out. And um, 
and you can you can you can employ some accountants to uh, work out the difference between yeah. net and gross. Now, maybe it's um, maybe you're a fluke, or maybe it's a bit of a generational thing. Maybe the world has just changed a lot. But you know, management has obviously become very, very professionalized in the last twenty or thirty years, and you know, MBA programs are just exploding everywhere. There's so, and so now to be the uh, the CEO uh, of even a very small company, one is expected to be extremely well drilled in all the things that it sounds like you've really never had to uh, had to um, be very good at. Do you think that that professionalization of leadership is in some ways a mistake that someone like you had a lot of instinct and energy and true appreciation for what you're trying to do with a company and that some of that gets killed off um, by this professionalization of the leadership class? I think it can be. Um, uh, I think if you feel that, uh, that you, if you feel a little bit lost in a company because of that, um, that, you know, that, that should spur you on just to get out and run your own company. I mean, I've never had to report to anybody since I was, well, since I left school at 15. Um, and, um, and, and that's the luxury. Um, and, you know, I can, I can do, you know, foolish things like, Let's start a spaceship company, uh, which, you know, if I was working for a public company or, you know, or, or a, you know, a, um, a, normal, a normal company, um, uh, I would never, never have got it through. Um, and um, so, you know, so the great thing about being an entrepreneur, uh, I mean, I think on, entrepreneurs are a class unto themselves. Um, you know, they do not need that professionalism. They, they, they need a a passion, an absolute passion for what they're doing. They need an absolute belief in what they're doing. They need to be wonderful motivators of people, um, in, inspirational leaders. Uh, and, you know, that, 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 you know, those sort of the key things that they need. Can you talk a little bit more about being a wonderful motivator of people? By all reports, everything I've read about you, it sounds as though most of the people who work with you and for you really like you and that you... I don't know about go out of your way to to treat um, your coworkers well, but you have a lot of policies that are very employee friendly and so on. I think a lot of people out there, uh, bosses, whether they're CEOs or down, they'd like to be like that and they'd like to motivate people, but it's hard. Do you have any secret advice? Well, I mean, I think you know what what I find. Um, I find that some American companies uh, are anything but good at motivating people. Um, and I find that hard. I mean, hard to understand because, uh, you know, if, you, if you've got a happy, motivated group of people you're working with, um, you can achieve anything. Um, and, you know, you can, ride, you can ride the good times together. You can ride the bad times together. Um, if you treat your people badly... Um, you know they're not going to they're not going to go that extra mile when things when things are you know are tough, um, and um, uh, and uh, and that you know they're, 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 uh, you know so I mean I I just think you you know you you should treat your people in the same way that you treat your family I mean if you you know if you if you know however you would treat your 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 brothers and sisters or your children. The same should apply exactly to the people you work with, and um, and it's it's so much more pleasant. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of our time we spend at work, and and work should be fun. It should be enjoyable, um, 
and um, and you should then you should also have policies that that follow through with that. So you know, if people want to work from home, let them work from home. If people want to work from home on Fridays and Mondays, let them work from home Fridays and Mondays. If you know people want to you know take a month off and go around the world, um, uh, uh, let them take a month off and go around the world. I mean. You, you, you know, people will give everything back if you give them the, the, the flexibility and treat them like adults. I hear you, and I so want to believe that that's the way to be. But the skeptic in me just thinks, well, if every company let everybody work from home Fridays and Mondays and let them take a week off and go take balloon trips or climb a mountain, that, you know, productivity would plummet and the economy would fall apart. Why do people not exploit that at your firm, at least? Because they feel trusted. Um, and also, look, look, let's just look at this business of forcing people to come to an office. Um, uh, first of all, you've got maybe an hour or an hour and a half of travel time in the morning, another hour and a half of travel time in the evening. Um, uh, you know, when you're at the office, uh, it's important that um, you say hello to everybody and, um, you know, and, 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 you're, and you're friendly with everybody. So you, you use up another hour or two, you know, socialising with people. Um, then, because you're not at home, you need to communicate with your, 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 your family. So you spend another bit of time communicating with your family. And so, it, so the day carries on and you, mo- you might get a couple of hours worked. <laughs> uh, if you're at home, you know, you, you, can, you can wake up, you can, uh, you know, you can find some, you can spend a bit of time with your family and you know, and, and be a proper father, which is one, mo- what perhaps the most important, or, or mother, the most important thing that's, things that we can do in our life. Um, but you can also find the time to get whatever your job is done um, uh, because you've got another, you know, four or five hours um, free to do it. Um, and, um, and, you know, we've never been let down by people, you know, that we've given that trust to. I think, um, you know, giving... You know, giving people, you know, treating people as adults, giving people trust uh, is, is um, so important. Um, I mean, I'll just give you one other example. It's slightly, slightly different. But I mean, we, we have a policy of um, giving ex-prisoners a second chance and taking on as many uh, people who've, who've been in prison as possible into our version companies. Um, because we give them that trust, um, not one of them have ever re-offended. Um, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, we're talking, you know, like in Virgin Trains, I think we have, you know, 35 people. What the, per- the person who's head of our security at Virgin Trains, um, she uh, comes out of prison on a Monday morning, um, uh, works until Friday night, goes back to prison for the weekend, comes out, you know, but, you know, she, she, she's absolutely brilliant at her job and, and you know, and, and somebody who will, do everything they can for the company because the company has given given them that given them that um, second chance. Um, you have um, started and sold and shut down and grown many 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 companies. Can you talk just for a moment about your overall uh, win loss record? I'm curious to know if you actually have ever tallied up the successes <laughs> versus failures. I haven't. I mean, we've we've never had a company go bankrupt. Um, uh, because our reputation is everything, and um, and uh, and you know we we believe that if you can afford to, um, if a company is not working out, you must you must settle 
all your debts. Um, and, um, and so, you know, so we, we've, we've, so we've, ne- we've never had a bankruptcy um, and, and, and that's in 50 years. So we're proud of that. And, and that's, I think that's really helped keep, keep the reputation of Virgin. Um, uh, but obviously over 50 years, um, uh, things change. So, you know, we you know, give, you, give you a very good example. We started off with, um, uh, with record shops um, uh, and we built maybe 300 record shops around the world, Virgin Megastores. Um, and then uh, iTunes came along and, uh, and the internet came along and um, people... Uh, sadly, you know, didn't see the need to go into record shops anymore. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we, we uh, you know, we, we, we either sold or, um, or closed down most of those 300 record shops. There's still a few left in the Middle East, but that's about it now. Um, and, um, uh, uh, but, you know, that spurred us on to, you know, move into mobile phones and, uh, into you know into new, new technology that was evolving. So rather, if mobile phones was going to put us out of business, because and 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 games, you know, people a lot, a lot of kids were spending more time on games than than music. Then you know we, we, it was up to us to embrace it, and so we we embrace we embrace that instead. And um, and I think you know fortunately we've been ahead of the game, you know, over over the last fifty years. So um, uh, so. You know, by and by and large, we've had you know many more successes than we've had um, things which we've had to say say goodbye to. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the uh, the businesses you've been in, including some of the ones you just mentioned there, um, are not businesses that you build from scratch or even really necessarily run from the ground up, but they're more partnerships and. And the way you do business and the Virgin Group is a little bit different than, than many other firms. You call it branded venture capital. Um, talk to me just about how that works and whether it was a happy accident or is that something that you um, decided strategically to pursue a long time ago? Well, um, I, think, I, I think just to be slightly more accurate, we, we've generally speaking um, started uh, only, we started by owning pretty well every company. So we start, we start with 100% ownership in the companies. Um, and, uh, and then um, over, over the years, um, in order to then invest in new, new uh, entrepreneurial ventures that I may have come up with, we'll sell, share, we'll sell shares in the companies that we've started. Um, and sometimes we've, we've, you know, sometimes we've sold 100%. Um, but... Um, but we keep a brand royalty in in everything, um, so and we keep in touch with the Virgin brand. We monitor the Virgin brand. Uh, we have a team of people who monitor it and make to make absolutely certain that um, anybody who's running a Virgin company um, respects the fact that our reputation for all of us is all we've got. So generally speaking, we'll we'll start with 100% ownership and then. Maybe, maybe over the years we'll sell down and then we'll put that money into new ventures. Thank you for that uh, clarification. It, it, was that the case uh, with Virgin Mobile? Was that a little bit different or no? So Virgin Mobile, um, we own 50% um, of, of the company. So, we, so with Virgin Mobile, we, 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 we didn't have the resources to build out a network and we, did, and we also didn't think that um, that would be our strength. What, what our strength was was um, 
was marketing to the public um, and uh, and the brand and and the and the the whole proposition. So we did a deal with a company called T-Mobile, um, and uh, they 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 took fifty percent of the company. They gave their um, their, their infrastructure, their, their, their masks, um, and then and then um, you know we ran it on a day to day basis. We put the team in, um, and yep, we built a we built a pretty formidably successful company, and then we merged it with the biggest cable company in the UK, and um, and it became Virgin Media, um, and um, uh, and yeah, so, so that's how that works out, and and I actually my new book. Um, Finding My Virginity, I, I, I tell the story of how our partners in that one um, actually, you know, um, were, in our opinion, naughty boys um, uh, and um, tried to, um, uh, yeah, tried to steal the company from us. But um, anyway, we fortunately won, won a, quite a big court case on that there. Coming up after the break... What does it mean to be a public-facing CEO, perhaps the most public-facing CEO, at least after a certain Pennsylvania Avenue resident? I would do anything I could to um, uh, get Virgin on the map, um, even if it meant, you know, jumping in boats or balloons. Also, how to go up against a much bigger competitor. You've got to take them to court before you go out of business rather than afterwards. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Redfin. Whether you need to buy or sell a home or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin has got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even the same day with a local Redfin agent. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents get you the best price possible for your home. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Let's get back to our lightly edited full conversation with Richard Branson, founder of The Virgin Group. Talk about your strategy for choosing the right CEO for a Virgin firm. Um, oh, Helen. Yeah. Can I have another cup of tea? Yeah. 
Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to order. <laughs> no problem. Being British, order some tea. Sorry, just say that again. Take your time. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to know your strategy for choosing uh, the CEO of a virgin firm. What do you What do you look for? How do you How does the process work, and so on? Um, well, um, we first of all, um, ideally, we'd like to promote from within. Um, so, because I think there's nothing more discouraging for you know, say a thousand people who work in a company to, um, you know, to, for, for, for uh, a, a, a so-called expert to be brought in from outside. Um, and, you know, and generally, if you can't find a good CEO within, you know, with a thousand people in a company, there's something wrong, wrong in the first place. You should, you should have a, you should have um, deputies who are quite capable of stepping into the CEO's position. Um, you know, I look for people who are fantastic motivators of people, um, people who uh, praise people, who genuinely care for, about people, who people who you know are not apt to criticise people, uh, and uh, obviously <laughs> they got to be good at what they do, um, and um, and then you know we we we, we let them get on with it. Um, uh, and we try not to second guess them, um, and we accept that you know some things they'll do differently than us, some things they'll do better than us. Um, uh, uh, but you know, by finding somebody, um, that frees me up to have a life um, and move on to you know move on to other other um, uh, other adventures or other other entrepreneurial things. And um, so, um, so I think we. You know, I think we, we, we've, we've managed to get, get a great team. Now, the other advantage of promoting from within is um, you, uh, you, know, you know what you're getting. You, you don't, you, you know, quite often people bring in outside CEOs into a company and uh, it, it can destroy the whole, you know, atmosphere of a company and, and um, you know, damage can be enormous. And mm. um, the other thing is we try to look, we try to promote our CEOs you know, I mean, we, 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 you know, like if I give you two examples, there was a recording studio division we, we, we had and um, there was an excellent lady that cleaned the floors. Anyway, she ended up, a girl called Barbara Jeffries, running the whole recording studio division. Um, in Canada, we had a, um, an, an excellent receptionist who ended up being CEO of our foundation in Canada. And, you know, so I think... Again, you've got to, you mustn't always put people in boxes based on their job. You've got to, um, you know, think, think that people are often capable of far more than um, meets the eye. And if you promote people above what they'd expect, they will give everything back. You've been quite outspoken about supporting women in business leadership. Uh, a lot of Virgin companies have or have had female CEOs or managing directors. Um, but as I'm sure you know well, overall, um, especially in the States, um, there's relatively very few female CEOs, especially of big companies. What do you think is the issue there? And uh, uh, obviously, it's, it's not an easy uh, problem to address. But what do you think is the issue and what do you think are some smart steps to, um, to begin to address it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that when you have a company dominated by men, you know, they're, they, they apt, they're, they're apt to um, uh, think of 
the, you know, their fellow men as the, as, as the next potential CEO, you know, rather than a woman. I mean, it, and, and therefore my, my own instinct is uh, that, that the only way of actually solving this, um, you know, in, in, a, in, in a relatively short term uh, is to force things upon um, companies. So in Scandinavia, they, in, the, the government has said that companies have to have um, 40%, 40 to 50% female, females as board directors of, uh, of companies. Um, and, uh, and, you know, initially that was difficult because there just weren't, uh, you know, enough obvious candidates uh, to fill all the places. And, and a lot of women had a lot of different roles on a lot of different companies, the same women. Um, but, um, but in time, it, um, people have um, realised how much better those companies are run. I mean, women, you know, let's say a supermarket chain, I mean, women have an awful lot to, you know, more knowledge than men on supermarket chains. I mean, and, and, um, uh, and maybe they shouldn't, but they do. And, and, um, uh, and, uh, and so, you know, and so on. I mean, you know, women, women, women are a breath of fresh air actually in, in most, most areas. So, um, so, um, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, I think, um, you know, I think I think it needs to be. You know, I think we need a kick to kickstart it. It needs to be forced on companies. Um, I'm not sure that a lot of women agree with me on that. I've 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 asked women, and they say, no, we've got to fight our own corner. Um, but you know, personally, I'm not sure they're right because I think, um, you know, I think there's a danger that um, uh, that that the men will continue to appoint men. Um, um, at Virgin, you know, I mean, our bank in Britain is one by, run by a wonderful woman uh, called Jane Angardia, who, um, you know, who's actually taken on, you know, taken a big sort of campaigning stance for women in, in Britain. The chairman of the bank is also a woman. Um, and, you know, we're doing better and better. And, you know, the people we've got are the best for the job. They're not there just because they're a woman. They're, they're there because they're really, really good at what they do. Mm. And But there are many others. You have Mary Wittenberg, you have Lisa Thomas, there, there are many others. And I'm curious, you, you kind of are in a, um, if not unique, unusual position to, to oversee a firm with a lot of female leadership, and therefore you can kind of compare female leadership to male leadership. I'm curious, it's always hard to generalize, but do you see um, significant differences in female versus male uh, leadership uh, at, at your firms, at least. Um, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say. Um, I wouldn't say significant. I would say, um, you know, uh, the, you know, a good a good female leader is um, uh, is just as good as a good male leader, and and vice versa. Um, and um, uh, yeah, um, you know, I mean, the, you, you, you know, you get the occasional w- women trait, um, you know, um, uh, you know, they're, 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 you know, arguably slightly more emotional, maybe. I mean, in the same way that, you know, uh, oh, actually, hang on, maybe I'm, I'm getting on dangerous ground here, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, but, but I think, you know, but I think I'm seeing it, saying it as a positive. I think, you know, they, they express themselves in, 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 in a female way sometimes. And, and that can sometimes rub men up the wrong way um and um uh but 
you know, it's it's it, in my opinion, it's a positive thing. It's great, great to pe- see see people express themselves fully. So we've been speaking with um, uh, uh, quite a few CEOs lately for our show from companies like PepsiCo, Indranoi, and Microsoft, Satya Nadella, and Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, and, and quite a few others. And obviously, every person is unique uh, in how they, you know, think about their job, how they spend their time. But it strikes me that even the most public-facing of those CEOs is much less public-facing than you. In other words, in many ways, the Virgin brand is really Richard Branson. That, at least, is my assessment. I'd love to hear your assessment and how you see yourself as a representative of your firm. Well... I think, you know, if, you, if I get, you go back to when I was 15, 16, I didn't have any money um, and uh, I was starting a company um, without financial resources. And therefore, uh, you know, if you're going to take on British Airways or you're going to take on, uh, you know, the big record companies, I had to use myself to promote um, what I believed in. And, and so, I, you know, I was creating artists or I was creating an airline I believed in I didn't have the money to market it so um, you know so in order to get on the front pages rather than the back pages of the newspapers and get the brand out there um, I would uh, you know I would do anything I could to um, uh, get Virgin on the map um, even if it meant you know jumping in boats or balloons and and trying to break you know break um, world records etc the I think that worked um, and now I think the Virgin brand stands on its own two feet um, and, um, and I'm not needed in the way that I was. Um, we, you know, we can also afford to take advertising and things. Um, and, um, uh, and, uh, um, and um, you know, but I can still maybe put a little bit of icing on the cake um, and, um, you know, if, if we build a spaceship... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not letting the chairman of British Airways jump in on the first flight. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in myself. Um, and um, so, um, yeah, so still the two may be intertwined, but I think um, the Virgin brand is, is here to stay um, and, um, you know, and, and, and um, hopefully will outlast me. And, and that, mm. that was the original plan. You know, that, that's what I wanted to ask you next. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't want it to, to appear <laughs> to be a morbid or um, overly probing question. But what would Virgin look like beyond Richard Branson? And I'm curious if you think about succession. Um, well, I'd be irresponsible not to. And, um, and, I, uh, and I'm fortunate. I've, first of all, we, we have, all the companies are run by great, wonderful people. Um, we have... A chairman and chief executive who run run the group on a day to day basis, um, and I've got two wonderful children who sort of, you know do their own thing, but they they dive in and out, and um, and you know and, and and I'm very proud of them and proud proud of um, you know the the help that they give me on and and the contributions they make and um and you know they love people they, they my daughter runs our foundation and does a, a really good job my son makes um documentary films on on subjects all, all of which actually we we see eye to eye on so you know drug drug reform and the death penalty in america gun gun reform um uh and other other, other you know other, other things like that and um 
And they're really good. They're really good films. Um, he just did a film about my ballooning um, uh, exploits, which um, our Netflix have just picked up, called "Don't Look Down." Um, and um, so they're they're both very capable. And I think, you know, I think it helps for a company like Virgin to to have a face. Um, and I think they can be the young, young the younger faces, um, you know, going going forward. Um, you know, but um, but I'm. But I'm not. I'm still enjoying myself. So, you know, for the next ten or twenty years, I'm still going to be very much involved. Mm-hmm. I hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know uh, you're not much of a fan of Donald Trump. Um, there's a bit of history there. But uh, of all the CEOs we've spoken with, um, it strikes me you have um, more in common with him as a businessman than anyone else. In that you've built a brand whose name alone is so recognizable that it's valuable and that the name can get attached to a multitude of businesses. Do you uh, dislike that uh, parallel as much as I suspect you do, or maybe you don't even see it as the parallel I suggest it is? Um, the, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, he's used his own name as his brand. Um, and, you know, and and obviously we've we, we, we've used Virgin as our brand. Um, they, um, um, but uh, yeah, but there's there's certainly there's certainly some truth in what you say. I mean, you know, we we, we um, I mean, before we became president, um, there was a certain kind of building that wanted the Trump the, the Trump name on it, um, and um, and he did very he did well out of that in the end, um, and. Um, I'm not sure how successful he was at stretching the brand, um, uh, um, but uh, you know, because I mean, obviously, he went into the airline business and 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 that, and that failed, and and a number in you know, the casino business, I don't think, was great, and so on. So um, the golf but, courses seem to be doing that. Seems to be an exception yeah, so, so far. The golf courses, right? Yeah. Yeah, the golf, the golf, and the the luxury side of um, did well. Um, but um, anyway, uh, I, I mean, I've. Do, do I like the comparison? Um, uh, yeah, he's the president of the United States of America, but um, but um, you know there are, there are aspects about the way the, what what he has to say um, uh, and about about people in particular that I that, 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 that I, I, find, I find uncomfortable, um, and um, you know I would um, love him if he could. Um, you know, change you know change his approach and embrace people better more than than he has done in the past and is doing. Again, I know uh, it's obvious that you see yourself as a very different kind of um, human than him and also as a different kind of um, communicator and and leader and so on. Again, I don't mean to harp on the the parallel, but one thing I I will say is true. If I look at the two of you as business people, um, you certainly uh, stray a lot from the beaten path. Uh, You're kind of... Um, both in different ways, the very opposite of the modern corporate leader. So I guess what I'm asking is, you've both been very, very successful. What I'm asking is, does that success indicate perhaps that too many modern corporate leaders are too timid or risk-averse because neither of you are that? Um, I've just literally five minutes ago saw Michael Bloomberg. Now, Now he's somebody that um, you know, I have enormous respect for. Um, you know, he's he's um, you know a, a, as a businessman, um, he's created. You know, uh, you know he hasn't <laughs> hasn't been bankrupt three or four times. Uh, you know, he, he's he, he's built 
Um, he's built, um, you know, extraordinary businesses, um, and um, and and he's and he's done it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's he's not your normal corporate type of businessman. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot, lots and lots of extremely good business people in America and around the world that fit that fit into that category. Um, who, who I would have enormous respect for, um, and most business people, most entrepreneurs, I have enormous respect for because. I think entrepreneurs are the people who employ employ people, um, create most of the new jobs, um, who who uh, make the world a better place, who shake shake you know sh- shake up the bigger, more, more um, uh, complacent, you know, fat-bellied companies, and um, uh, and who innovate, um, and um, you know, and I think you know, with with, with without without. Um, you know all the all these one you know wonderful young and old uh, older tr- thrusting entrepreneurs um you know the, the the world would not move forward and um, um and so that you know there is a big difference i think between entrepreneurs and then um the the sort of rather staid big business leaders of big companies who often are anything but entrepreneurial um but fortunately there are the young thrusting entrepreneurs that are taking them on and um, and um, come, you know, coming out with new innovations, and and um, and and these big companies are having to, uh, yeah, having to, to to try to find managers who are slightly more entrepreneurial. Mm. I'm curious. So your career, um, as I understand it, obviously began. You were very young, and you created your own path, and just kept going, and kept having ideas, kept trying failed didn't let it bother you and so on but from the original the the magazine student magazine which was a culture magazine to record stores record label airlines trains mobile phone company etc 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 it's um it's not a model i i i don't know who you might have looked to as a model for that because i can't think of people who had done what you had done i'm just curious what kind of um either mentorship did you have along the way or maybe it wasn't actually mentorship but just someone that you uh saw whose uh ideas and um and vigor uh you admired and and patterned yourself after a bit or was it really Richard Branson just kind of figuring out Richard Branson along the way um it was more the latter um I think I I, first of all I never thought of myself as a business person or or an entrepreneur I just initially just thought of myself as an editor and wanted to uh, have a magazine to campaign against the Vietnamese war. And, um, uh, and uh, but I, in, in order for the magazine to survive, I had to worry about printing and paper manufacturing and, and distribution and so on. And, and I sort of became an entrepreneur uh, in just in order that I could fulfill my dream of being an editor of a magazine. Um, and, um, and you know my education uh, was you know being in the real world and you know learning the art of survival um, uh, you know a- away from school away from learning um, and just yeah just being thrown in the deep end and um, and in fact exactly the same way I learned to swim was being you know going into <laughs> going into a fast flowing river and and um, <laughs> having to having to having not having to learn not to drown um it's and, kind of amazing um, you're still alive, I have to say. Of all the things you've done, <laughs> it's pretty um, remarkable. No, I've been. I, I am. I, I am um, a very, 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 very lucky man. I, I tell tell seventy five stories of uh, 
near-death experiences yeah. in my new book. <laughs> but anyway, um, you, but, know, um, you must be part cat. <laughs> they, um, um, but um, uh, there was one man, a man called Sir Freddie Laker, who uh, ra- ra- ran a, a, a um, he was the sort of pioneer of discount airlines, really. Um, um, and uh, he came to my houseboat one day and he, and, uh, and he, get, he, went, he had gone bankrupt. He'd been pushed out of business by British Airways. And, um, and he just gave me a couple of bits of advice. He said, um, uh, yeah, three words you've got to remember, sue the bastards. And um, he said that <laughs> British Airways will do everything they can to put you out of business. And you've got to take them to court uh, before you go out of business rather than afterwards. And, and I took his advice. We took British Airways to court for a, a dirty tricks campaign they waged against us. Um, we won the largest libel damages in history, um, and we distributed. It was Christmas time. We distributed it to all our staff, and um, and it became known as the British Airways Christmas Bonus. So um, we were very popular at <laughs> that, that Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Unfortunately, you can't repeat that every year, can you? But uh, well, maybe you could. Well, if they if they want to, we'll we'll yeah. Uh, we'll, if it's we'll, up to we'll, them, we'll, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask you this. Um, you've admitted that Virgin Galactic may not be the best bang for the buck when it comes to maximizing profits. Um, you also admit that the Virgin board has not been thrilled with the endeavor. Why is this so important to you? Um, you only live once, and I, um, there's uh, there's no space line in on Earth. Um, there are millions of people who'd love to become astronauts, um, who'd love to go to space, um, me included. And, um, and I want to fulfill, fulfill the dream for myself, for, for those millions of people, for my children, um, and, and build a, a Virgin Galactic space line that is um, safe uh, and in time affordable. And, um, and it's taken 12 years to get to get this far um, and I think we are you know three months or so away from our dream um, uh, but space you know well, rocket science is tough and uh, space space is tough um, and we've had uh, tears along the way um, we've had many high moments along the way um, uh, but um, I think I think we're we're, we're almost there um, and it's not just putting people into space, it's putting, you know, I mean, like there's 4 billion people are not connected in the world. Um, you know, Virgin Orbit, which is another Virgin company, will be putting small satellites into space and creating big arrays of satellites around the Earth. Um, there's, um, uh, there's um, uh, uh, you know, there's point-to-point air travel, which, we, which we'll get involved in at tremendous speeds. Um, uh, I go to Australia a lot. I'd, you know, I'd love to be able to get there in three or four hours rather than in um, 18 hours. And, um, uh, but anyway, I love a challenge. I can't resist a challenge, um, whether it's, um, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Virgin Hyperloop, which is another exciting thing we've just got involved in, or whether it's, you know, space travel or, or, or whatever. It, um, um, you know, we love to, we love, love to get in there and le- learn about learn and, 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 and hopefully experience. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, you're 
atypical for the kind of people we've been speaking with for this show lately. Um, you're not the CEO of a firm with a, a big structure reporting up to you. You're the founder and therefore you roam across projects and so on. That said, I'm curious to ask you something I've asked some of these other folks, um, which is I hear often that being at the top of a firm, especially if you've ascended from internally, uh, that it's very lonely, that you get there and all of a sudden you don't have any peers, you're alone at the top. I'm curious um, whether for you that's the case, whether you get lonely at the top. No, I don't get lonely. I think, um, I mean, I love people. Um, and I think if you, if you really love people um, and uh, and you see the people who you work with as you know, brothers and sisters or children, depending on their age, um, uh, and, um, and you're a good listener of people and, um, you enjoy the company of people, um, it's anything but lonely. Um, uh, and, um, and so, um, you know, so maybe I'm lucky, I don't know, but I, do, I, 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 um, uh, you know, I, I mean, I suspect, you know, I mean, there are occasions because I'm a recognizable face around the world that, uh, you know, I can maybe get just a little bit too many selfies in a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, is that why you want to go to space to avoid all that? <laughs> well, maybe that's why I live on an island anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but right. I mean, I love, I love people, but some, sometimes it's good to, to retreat occasionally. They, um, now, I think, I, think, I think, you know, the Virgin Company is an, an unusual company, it's true. We're, we're a sort of way, way of life company which i don't think really exists in the world so you know we 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 we, um uh you know we look after you when you're young um we look after you you know as you get into your 20s and and then you know like with health clubs and music music companies and 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 games companies um you know then we you know we, we we maybe move into trains and planes and uh, and and then spaceship companies and then cruise ship companies. I mean, you know, we, so we, 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 you know, we, 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 you know, banking, insurance, you know, so we'll look after most of, most of your needs. Um, and we have stretched the brand into lots of different areas. And most companies, I think just, you know, like if you, you mentioned people like Facebook or others, you know, um, you know they, they'll specialize in one area and they'll do an incredible job. And most likely they're worth an awful lot more as companies than Virgin. Um, but all I can say is we, we've had a lot more fun, I suspect, because, um, you know, we've learned, we've learned, learned a lot more and it's yeah. been, yeah, and, and um, enjoyed every minute of it. Thanks so much for the time today. Enjoy speaking with you. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. In next week's special episode, my interview with Carlyle Group founder David Rubenstein. You know, money doesn't necessarily make you happy. Some of the saddest people I know are the wealthiest people I know. And some of the poorest people I know are some of the happiest people I know. You know, Thomas Jefferson said, life is about the pursuit of happiness. But he didn't tell us how to actually get happiness. And it's the most elusive thing in life is personal happiness. But, you know, I think I was happy before I was wealthy. So, you know, I don't know that the wealth has made me happier. Coming up on the next regular Freakonomics Radio episode, what happens when a bunch of economists set up an experimental preschool to help underperforming kids? Okay, so now is where the real problem starts. It was one of the most difficult things I think we could have tried to do. And why preschool may already be too late to attack the education gap. 
by the end of the age of three, children born into poverty will have heard 30 million fewer words than their more affluent peers. It's next time on Freakonomics Radio. Freakonomics Radio is produced by WNYC Studios and Dubner Productions. Our staff includes Allison Hockenberry, Greg Rosalski, Stephanie Tam, Max Miller, Merritt Jacob, Vera Carruthers, Harry Huggins, and Brian Gutierrez. The music you hear throughout our episodes was composed by Luis Guerra. You can subscribe to Freakonomics Radio on Apple Podcasts or any number of podcast portals. You should also check out our archive at Freakonomics.com where you can stream or download every episode we've ever made. You can also read the transcripts and find links to the underlying research. We can be found on Twitter, Facebook, or via email at radio at Freakonomics.com. Thanks for listening. 